Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. This is our second to last episode of 2014 and looking forward to more big things in 2015. But let's don't get there too fast because we still have two more shows. On this episode, I just returned from an 11-night sailing aboard Costa Mediterranea, so we'll talk about that a little later on in the program. But first, uh, President Obama announced he is kind of easing some restrictions into Cuba, so uh, that's going to affect the travel industry in a roundabout way. I have travel expert and cruise expert Teresa Norton-Massick from TravelPulse.com and Vacation Agent Magazine on the line right now to talk about it. Hello, Teresa. Hello, Doug. Always great to talk to you, my dear. So President Obama introduced a new travel-friendly policy on Cuba earlier this month, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, let's back up. Why can't Americans actually travel into Cuba right now? Well, there's been for for more than 50 years, um, the U.S. has had a trade embargo against Cuba, you know, going back to the days of the Castro and the Revolution and uh, the Bay of Pigs disaster and all that stuff. Um, so it's been in place for pretty much most of my lifetime, um, which is why it was a big news when Obama came out and said they are restoring diplomatic relations with Cuba. They're going to put an ambassador there. They're going to have an embassy there. Um, and what goes along with that is a lot of people foresee that there will be a loosening of the travel restrictions to Cuba. So that's why this is such a big deal for the travel industry right now? Exactly. Um, Because right now, you're probably aware, there are some Americans who can and do travel to Cuba, Mm -hmm. and that's primarily through tour operators that have applied for a license from the federal government. And what they do is what they call it sort of like educational slash cultural tours for pe- they call them people to people. You go to Cuba, you're on an educational learning mis- mission. Um, you're not there to lie on the beach and um, do that kind of normal right. Caribbean vacation. You're supposed to be there educating yourself on Cuba. Well, let's drill down and talk about the cruise industry specifically. So what does that mean for us? Well, what it means for the cruise industry is another huge island that they can explore. Now, if you look at a map of the Caribbean, you'll see Cuba is like by far the biggest island nation there. Um, It's almost 800 miles long. So when the cruise ships that go to Grand Cayman in Jamaica, they have to sail all the way around it. Mm -hmm. So if, if... Cuba does open up to travel, the cruise lines would be very interested in going back there because it will be um, a more fuel efficient, it'll be a quicker itinerary, um, and plus I think there's a lot of pent-up demand who people, um, by Americans who do want to go to Cuba. And going to Cuba, you know, if all the tourism infrastructure isn't in place, makes it a natural for going by a cruise ship. So it could be big news. The cruise lines have been watching this for many, many, many years. And Obama's decision is like the first big move toward opening Cuba back up again to visitors. But again, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, Some estimates are it's going to take two or three years before we get to that day. Well, what about that Canadian company, Cuba Cruises? They're currently circumnavigating Cuba right now. I think they're in their second season. Does that mean anybody as of right now but Americans can sail them? 
Right. Okay. And I think Canada is the number one feeder for for tourists into Cuba. The Canadians mm-hmm. do go there. Cuba Cruise um, essentially started up um, last year. They just started up again on December nineteenth for their second season. Um, but yeah, it's primarily Canadians who do that, and they take a regular cruise. Um, you can get on in on Montego Bay or in Havana, and um, you know, so it, it circumnavigates Cuba and then goes to Montego Bay, which I think is sometimes just an easier um, place to get to by air. And speaking of islands like Jamaica, I mean, if this is lifted and cruise ships are going into Havana from the United States, because of fuel efficiency, that could reduce some of the further western ports of call. Do you think uh, other islands and destinations should be or keep an eye on this? There's always that chance when there's another player in the market, the other islands have to see, are we putting our best foot forward as far as the cruise passengers? And you know how many cruise ships go to Grand Cayman. Grand Cayman is a great experience. A lot of cruise ships go there. So that may be dropped off an itinerary too. And, you know, the same thing with Jamaica. It it remains to be seen. But if the cruise cruise ships can save fuel, they're going to save fuel and go to the closer places, I would guess. Havana, Cuba seems to be the big center of conversation right now. With that being said, they're located on the northwestern side of Cuba. Um, is there an infrastructure already in place there? Like, can they just flip a switch and start taking cruise ships? Or is it, would, that be a, would that take a while to be built up? Um, you know, that's what I'm not sure of. I was in um, Havana once. I want to say, gosh, maybe a dozen years ago, mm-hmm. um, I went on a British cruise ship sailing from Belize to Nassau, and we spent like two or three nights in Havana. And at that time, the cruise terminal there was very modern. It was air-conditioned. Um, but see, back in those days, uh, Costa Cruises um, and other European cruise lines operated regularly out of um, Havana, out of Cuba. They went to Cuba a lot. Havana, obviously, too, is the capital. Um, it's the main, you know, seaport for Cuba. And um, Costa, I believe it was Costa. I could be wrong. Had a had a ship home ported there. Mm-hmm. So the cruise terminal was beautiful when I went there. Now, obviously, since then, Costa has been bought by Carnival Corporation, and they do not go there. Basically, any cruise ship that goes to Cuba at this point, the the current laws mean that ship cannot call at a U.S. port for six months after that. Hmm. So cruise ships that rely on a lot of American passengers or that want to call on U.S. ports stay away from Cuba because they don't want that penalty. Is the I know Costa, I think Carnival bought Costa like in 02. Did Costa have to stop calling there after a, like an American company bought them? Yeah, I don't know if they could have gotten around it. I don't know what the legalities are, but that's pretty much when it stopped. Mm-hmm. And so f- from my perspective, um, I don't know what kind of shape the cruise terminal is in in Havana these days. That said, there are um, you know other European ships, including Fred Olsen Cruise Lines, which is the one I went there on. They continue to visit Cuba on occasion. So they are getting into Havana, and they they are probably using it, um, but that I'm not sure of. Are you familiar with the 400-guest cruise ship, the MS Hamburg? No, I'm no. not. So I was in Antigua the other day, and I was talking. I saw this ship, and then some of the passengers came into a bar, and they were from Germany. But it's a German, uh, I guess a German-based operation, but it's uh-huh. uh, homeported in Havana. So they all oh, flew really? to Havana, and they're doing a Southern Caribbean um, round-trip Havana. And I thought it was kind of cool. That's the other issue here is everybody goes to Cuba mm-hmm. except United States citizens. 
And even so, some of them do. You know, obviously they go through licensed tour operators or they just go and just don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, Cuba has always been a draw. Since you've been to Havana, what is that even like? I'm picturing like a mix between Miami and Jamaica. Now, when you go to Havana, you feel like you're stepping back in time. Okay. Interesting. And when I was there, you know, it, and it's not just the old American cars, though that's obviously something everybody notices. Mm-hmm. It's really funny to see all those old Chevys and cars, you know, driving around there. But it, it, it's so untouched by U.S. Um, culture and capitalism, you know, that it seems like you're really stepping back in time. For instance, when I was there, we went to the Tropicana Nightclub, which is an open-air nightclub with, you know, the showgirls and the dancing and the singing, mm-hmm. and you're drinking Havana Club rum with, with Coke at the table, and um, you do it's, it's like all the old movies and everything. It's just sort of how you imagine Cuba to be. Very cool. You know, I really hope we get to see this in our lifetime. I'd love I to get there on a cruise too. ship. Yeah. I'd love to go back. Yeah, definitely. Well, before it changes, before it changes too much, too. Well, as we say in radio, stay tuned, right? We've been talking with the editor in chief of Vacation Agent Magazine and Cruise Beat editor for TravelPulse.com, Teresa Norton Masick. Teresa, my dear, always a pleasure talking to you. Yep, same here, Doug. Have a good holiday. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. How many times have you said, that'll never happen to us? Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. So a couple of days ago, I just got back from an 11-night Caribbean sailing aboard Costa Cruises, Costa Mediterranea. Now, Costa Cruises is an Italian cruise line, but every year they put a couple of ships in the North American market, mostly to draw the Europeans looking for the Caribbean itinerary, but it also sources some North Americans as well. And uh, overall thoughts of the cruise line, uh, it's very European, so they're going to have a lot of languages, like maybe announcements in five different languages. Um, Of course, there's other little things we'll talk about a little later on in these interviews. But uh, the the cruise itself, the itinerary, was absolutely amazing. It called at Nassau. It went to the Dominican Republic, uh, Tortola, Antigua, Guadalupe. I think I'm saying that right. St. Martin and then Freeport before returning back to Port Miami and rounding out the cruise. I had a chance to sit down 
down and chat with John Patrick. He is the international host aboard Costa Mediterranean to talk about the Costa experience and what passengers considering Costa could expect. So we're going to cue that interview up right now. So we're hanging out with John Patrick. He is the international host aboard Costa Mediterranean. John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. Nice to meet you. Very good. So you're the international host here on Costa Mediterranean. So first off, before we get into the questions, the hard stuff, give us a little bit of background about yourself. Okay, well, obviously you can tell by the accent I'm English. Um, I studied international relations and Spanish. I lived in Spain for quite a few years, and um, I started with the company over a year ago. Okay. Very good. How do you like the gig? Very good so far. So far, so far, so good. I've uh, seen a lot of new places that I never thought would be possible. Um, each day is a different day, so it makes the job very, very interesting. Is this your first time sailing the Caribbean itinerary? It is, yes. I'm having a lovely time. As you know, the English weather isn't so great, but it's absolutely gorgeous here. Right. Very good. So, John, explain to us, um, in your words, what is the Costa experience? Well, Costa is very proud to offer an Italian-style product. Um, so we offer fine Italian dining. Uh, we offer Italian classes, for example, as well. So there's a lot of different things uh, for people to get involved in uh, with regards to Italy. Very good. I was looking at the Daily Planner, and there's like 50 things to do. So there's plenty of activities offered on board. So uh, touch on some of those activities that guests can experience aboard Costa Mediterranean. Well, we're obviously a multilingual ship, so we offer everything in multiple languages. Uh, for example, I do a ship conference, which is a behind-the-scenes look at uh, the Costa Mediterranean. I give information on crew life, uh, about the building of the ship, things like that. Also, we've got many different quizzes. We've got uh, multilingual theater shows. Um, so there's all always something for somebody to do on board. So briefly touch on the kids program because I noticed that Costa Cruises has a lot of multi-generational families on board this sailing in particular. Uh, there's a lot of kids on board. So what can cruise passengers expect or what can families expect as far as the kid program goes? Uh, for the kids program we offer many different activities. Um, the kids clubs are split up into two different sections. So we've got the squat club for the younger children and then we've got the teen zone for the teenagers. Um, there's, for the teenagers there's discos, there's uh, many different theme nights there's lots of sports uh, for the children for example they've got um, quizzes video times they've got uh, treasure hunts and lots of different things for them as well in closing here john let me ask you this what makes costa's caribbean itinerary so appealing I think for myself, we've got a good time in each port. So that's very important on an itinerary um, to get a good few hours to experience the actual place. Also, we offer many fantastic excursions as well with the local tour guides. And they're able to show the real side of the Caribbean. Cool. Which one has been your favorite port so far? Uh, so far, Nassau. Nassau is very, very nice. Also Antigua, because of course, there's a bit of the uh, British influence as well. Have you been to St. Martin and watched the planes land on the beach yet? Um, I was actually Port Manning, which means that I can't get off the ship in case uh -huh. of an emergency, but hopefully next time I'll go. You got to do that, man. Well, welcome to the Caribbean, and I guess welcome to your first Caribbean uh, contract here with Costa Cruises. We've been talking with John Patrick. He's international host aboard Costa Mediterranean. John, my friend, thank you for your time, and uh, have a great one. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Nice to meet you. After my interview with John Patrick, I got to talk to a couple of fellow passengers to get their thoughts of Costa Mediterranean, what they thought about the sailing and the itinerary, which was absolutely beautiful. And here's what they had to say. I love the pasta with chilies and onions and garlic. That was very, very good. I've had that on Costa for years. What about you, Sherry? Pesto linguine. The swordfish steak was my favorite. 
my favorite meal because I'm a fat boy was the bacon. You love that yeah, bacon. because the bacon is actually like sliced like in big thick slabs. Oh, I saw them carving it. They they put they slice the bacon from a big big piece of pig, I guess, yeah, but it's sure. it's not the prepackaged strip even no, no, strips. No, it's, it's, it's all homemade it's, bacon. Yeah, you were right, Sherry. They cut it in big thick slabs and put some um, syrup on it. Yeah. yeah. One thing I would say is this is an Italian product. It's not a North American product, though they're catering to the North American audience here in the winter. But uh, if you're used to sailing the mass market lines like Royal Caribbean, Carnival, or Norwegian Cruise Line, you're in for a totally different experience. So you'll want to go on board with an open mind, as this passenger tells us. There are a couple of things that North Americans have to get past. Announcements are made, generally speaking, in Italian, English, German, French, and Spanish. The average American isn't really very good about attention span, so you have to listen to the one that is in your language. Uh, Most of the crew are Italian, and dining room crew are usually from the Philippines, so they're not going to grasp immediately the uniqueness of being an American. In other words, we need a lot of ice. We want iced tea. We have certain tastes that we enjoy uh, that are different from European tastes. And I think that once you get past that and you know that going in, you will love it because the Italian experience is really very charming. It stays with you. And the performers in the show are great. Service personnel are accommodating. And it's just a total experience that uh, I think Americans will enjoy. Out of all the islands we hit on this itinerary, three really stuck out. Antigua stuck out because there's 365 beaches there, and the beaches are absolutely amazing. Another one that stuck out was St. Martin going down to the beach and watching the airplanes land. They literally buzz your head as you're making their approach into the airport. And then finally, I really like Tortola because it has that Kenny Chesney, no shoes, no shirt, no problem type feel in the bars on the beach. And you could also hop a ferry and head over to Yost Van Dyke or even over to St. John and go snorkeling. Really, really cool snorkeling, uh, snorkeling over there, rather. But other passengers had their thoughts of the itinerary as well. The itinerary is so interesting. It gives you British islands. It gives you French islands. It gives you a, gives you a Dutch island. Uh, and here we are at tonight in Freeport. I think it's a terrific itinerary, and I think Costa has to get high points for creating this. Mm-hmm. It's a market that really hasn't been met before. Alrighty, a big thank you to Sherry Laskin, Marshall Levin, Barry Vodrin, and everyone else who joined us on the show. Also, the folks at Newman PR in Coral Gables for making this possible. Uh, Diana, Julie Ellis, and Buck Banks, big thank you to you guys as well. If you want to catch any of our coverage from Costa Mediterranea, head to cruiseradio.net slash Costa. Broadcasting from the insuremytrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the insuremytrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.
Promotional consideration by Hilton Garden in Fort Lauderdale Airport Cruise Port. Where you can park and cruise or take advantage of the shuttle service. Located at 180 Southwest 18th Avenue, Dania, Florida. And when you stay there, tell me you heard about it on Cruise Radio. Call 954-924-9204 or go to hgiflllairport.com. 